Open your Bible this morning to Exodus chapter 20 as we come together for prayer. We want to utilize God's own word to unite our hearts together in prayer. Exodus chapter 20, we continue praying through the, the Ten Commandments, which throughout church history have always been a, a, a powerful means of grace to conforming our own prayers uh, to the heart of God. And uh, we come this morning to the fourth of the commandments. Exodus chapter 20, beginning in verse 8. God commands, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and made it holy. Well, what are we doing with these commandments? This is not a Bible study on the Ten Commandments. We're utilizing the commandments for prayer, to help us to pray with one accord, to pray together. And we do make some comments on these to make sure that as we're praying the commandments, we're praying them biblically and rightfully. We're hoping to, and my hope is, that even as you're utilizing these in your own personal prayer life, uh, what we do corporately is intended to help guide us even as we go back into our homes, uh, conforming our prayer lives corporately so that privately we're learning from this and conforming our own prayers to the Word of God rather than our own whims, our own wants, our own wishes. There's a lot of confusion about prayer. And if we think about our own prayer lives, we can probably go back and think of times where prayer was primarily about us. It was about, God, here's my wants, my whims, my wishes, and I bring them to you. I want this. Do these things. I ask, I pray. Which is not necessarily a wrong thing, but there can be a tone there that's primarily, it's all about me, and you're the great genie in the sky who can give me what I want. Prayer is about not those things. Prayer is about fellowship with God. Such intimate communion and fellowship with God that my heart, my wants, my whims, my wishes are absorbed. I almost forget Him. They're absorbed up into God's wants, God's plans, God's purposes. Not that I forget things, but I forget that it's all about me. And I forget that I'm, I think I'm the one in control. I think I know best. I get absorbed up and lost in God. And now I still have the same needs, but God, it's your glory, your wants, your purposes, and your plans. And I pray that in your own private lives, you're finding that to be true. If, if not, use that as a measuring rod this morning. And maybe there's a disconnect in what we're trying to cultivate here and your application of it in your own personal life. As we've looked at the previous prayer requests, or the prayers uh, praying through the commandments, it begins with the first commandment, God's demand to be alone in our affections. Not first among many idols. He says, you shall have no other gods before me. You stand before me, before my face. And I don't want to see other idols there. Don't bring anything else. I demand to be alone. And then in the second commandment, having to do with idols, 
None of us probably have carved images in our closets. But the application of that is in our thoughts, lesser thoughts of God. Don't bring lesser thoughts of me. Don't bring to me who you think I am. Don't bring to me. That's not who my God is. I've told, I've declared who I am. And don't bring a lesser God to me. You're praying to who I revealed myself to be. And then in the third commandment, having to do with profaning the name of God, God himself, all throughout the Old Testament, all throughout the New Testament, everything he does is for his name's sake. In your prayers, everything you request is for my name, not for you. I have plans for you. I've got your days numbered. You can't change them. No amount of pleading and crying is going to change it. I have my plans for you. As you commune and get absorbed up in me, it's for my name's sake. And this morning we come to the fourth, the Sabbath commandment, which I'll be honest, is probably one of the most complex. A lot of confusion, a lot of discussion, a lot of dialogue, and it's not our purpose this morning. We're using this for prayer this morning. But it is interesting that God speaks of the fourth commandment more times in Scripture than he does any other. Why? Why does he speak about this, com- this commandment? And it goes all the way back to creation, what the text says. Because in six days God created the world, and on the seventh he rested. Well, now why did he rest? Was he tired? Was he exhausted? Had his omnipotent power been spent and he needed a day to recover? All of that is heresy. The Almighty can never decline in power. Even when he creates, it doesn't diminish anything. He is infinitely full. On day seven, it was a day of rest because on all six previous days, God had created everything according to his eternal plans and purposes for him. It was all made for him, not us. The world was not made for us. The plants, the animals, the skies, the stars, the waters. It's a a place for us to live, but it's not for us. And every day God said it is good, not good for us, good for him. It's exactly how he intended it for him. And so all six days, things are made according to his plans and purposes for hims, including you and I in his image. And on day seven, now everything that I've made for me, everything is about me. It's a day to put aside, to declare your purposes in life, the whole reason for your existence. It's about me. That's what the Sabbath day is about. It's not about rules and regulations and time doesn't allow us to get into Jesus teaching on the Sabbath day and how he just crushed the Pharisees' laws and well-intended desires. You can't do this, you can't do that, don't go to this place, it's a sin to work. Jesus annihilated all that stuff and says, you missed the point. The Sabbath is about me. And that's why in the Old Testament, when uh, the people of God broke the Sabbath laws, you know Jesus' response? You know what his punishment was? Death. Not working on the Sabbath, if that's what it is, what's the big deal? Dying? No, no, it's not about that. The Sabbath is a day, it's reminding ourselves why we exist, why we live, who we live for, who declares our, it's God. And if we get that wrong, the wage, that's death. Failure to keep the Sabbath was always, always, a sign of religious decline. Failure to have time set aside to be reminded who God is, that our purpose is in Him, our identity is in Him, our joy is in Him, 
It's all about him, that he's the center, he's the sun, and all the planets of life, even the planets of our lives, revolve around him. Failure to do that is always associated with a decline in our religious zeal, our affections for God. When God becomes less important and I become more important, this becomes, what's the big deal? Do you see that? When we become, when the Sabbath or our day of worship, which for us is on Sunday, when church becomes about me, my wants, my desires, I want a church my way. When I get grumpy when it's not my way, well then, the spiritual decline, the Sabbath day as a day if it's all about God becomes this. Why? Because I've made it all about me. i made it all about my wants. And that's spiritual decline. And the day of worship is, God, I repent. I repent that I've put myself above you. My wants, my desires, my cravings. That I thought this world was about me. I thought the church revolved around me. I thought my family revolved around me. I thought my finances revolved around me. I thought everything revolved. I repent. Today's the day. I'm, I humble myself before you. And I'm wrong. And it's a day for you and your glory and your honor. And so this morning, we come together to pray and to repent corporately. I even maybe came here this morning, and I came grumpy, or I came unhappy, or I came expecting it's not going to be what I want it to be. I hope it's the opposite of that. But Scripture like this is given to expose those realities in our hearts. So we've got to wrestle with that. And I repent because I'm lucky it's only by grace I'm even here that I'm found worthy enough to be counted among your children, a sheep in your flock. I was your enemy. And by your grace, this day is about you. Every day is about you. But this day I'm reminded to set the trajectory of my week. It's all about you. How do we pray this morning? It's about you, Lord. We look to Jesus. It's about you. It's all about him.